right. Um, so if you've been following along, you'll know kind of where we are as a church right now, uh, and you'll know that we've been working through from spiritual disciplines. But if you haven't been following along, that's okay. Uh, if you want to catch up after this, uh, you can go back. Last week, we posted a video on, um, on solitude. And so you can go back to solitude. Uh, and then if you, if you follow podcasts at all, if you download Spotify or Apple iTunes, uh, you can find a church podcast, and you'll see the other couple of spiritual disciplines that we've done over the past couple weeks. They're all live on there. And so you can find all of that there. So today, we're going to work through another spiritual discipline. We're going to talk about another one. Uh, and it's one that, as a people, we probably like the least. Uh, this is probably our least favorite of the disciplines. I gotta say, it's probably one of our two least favorites. There are two that I think, uh, when you mention the word, people cringe immediately. They get a little bit. Uh, it makes us automatically uncomfortable. I'll say, makes the hair stand up a little bit. Uh, perhaps we shudder. Um, we might even just clench our teeth, being like, "No, don't talk about that. I don't want to talk about this thing. I don't like it." Uh, but those are two of them, and we're gonna talk about one of those today. And and uh, I think the next one we actually talk about next week. We're gonna talk about submission. The word submission. Just saying the word submission probably makes some of us feel a little bit uncomfortable. A couple thousand years ago, uh, Moses is leading the Israelites out of Egypt, and he's leading them into the desert. And God looks at the way his people are acting and reacting, the way his people are being, and he looks at his people and he goes, you are a stiff-necked people. And I think that likely God would look at us today and he would say the same thing. I think he would look at the way we act sometimes and go, you are such a stiff-necked people. I think it's because we find it hard uh, to bow down to someone else's ideas, to someone else's wishes, uh, to someone else's ways. We find, it, we find it really tough for someone else to get their way because it means if they get their way, I don't get mine. We find it hard to let someone else tell us what to do. We really want to do things our own way. If, you, if you're struggling to, to follow along and you don't really think you believe me, just think back to your last church budget meeting. Think about the last time you guys as a church decided or, decided or, or tried to decide uh, to talk about what you're going to do with your money. I bet you there were some disagreements over whose way was the right way. Almost all church fights uh, and church splits, they almost all of them happen because, because people don't have the freedom to give in to someone else's way. They don't know the freedom yet to give in to someone else's way. They haven't learned that from, from submitting to someone else's way, there's a freedom in that. There's a freedom in saying, yeah, we can, we can do it your way. We don't have to do it my way. But we think most often uh, our way is the best way. Most often we think our way is the right way. We don't like to, to do what others uh, tell us what to do. I mean, if you've got kids, you probably know this. We don't like being told what to do. We don't like to submit. We don't like submitting. But submission is, is, is a core. Submission is a, is, a, is a very part of what it means to be a Christian. By its very nature, uh, to be a Christian means to live as one who submits to others. It's part, submission is it's part and parcel of Christianity. The, uh, the idea of submitting is, is goes hand in hand. You can't have Christianity without having submission. But we can't stand in to give in to another's way simply because it means we're not going to get our way. It's not that we genuinely think that their way is a terrible. I mean, sometimes some people's ideas are terrible, terrible ideas. But most often, we don't want to give in to their way because it just means that we won't get our way. 
And when we talk about submission, uh, Peter talked about submission in his first letter. So in First, uh, in first Peter uh, chapter uh, 2, I believe, uh, Peter goes so far as to show us the ultimate example of submission. And he talks about this ultimate example of submission. He says, this is what submission is like. And, and he's describing and he talks about Jesus. He says, Jesus is the ultimate example of submission. If you have a Bible handy, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, I believe, verse 21. I didn't write the chapter down. That's why I'm saying I believe. Um, but I'm fairly sure it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. And so it says, uh, and I'm reading from the NRSV. It says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return to the abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls." In this section, Peter is in the middle of describing a bunch of different relationships. He's talking about the different types of relationships that we as humans have. And it's kind of uh, Peter's section of household codes, if you will. If you're familiar with the term household codes, it's, it's essentially codes for living in your household. It's codes for successful living. So this is kind of his version of the household codes. Um, and Peter is talking about all these different relationships we have and how to act in those. In, in all of those things, Peter says, you have to submit. If you read on, uh, if, if you read on after this into chapter three, if you read before this in chapter two, you'll see that word submit over and over and over. He tells us we have to be submissive people. In two verse thirteen, when he's talking about government and rulers and authorities and laws, Peter says you have to submit to every human institution. In 2 verse 18, he's talking about slaves and masters, and he says, slaves, submit to your masters. Uh, some commentators today that argue a better translation instead of slaves and masters is employees and bosses. Employees, submit to your bosses. And he says, not just the ones that treat you well, but the ones that treat you horribly as well. Submit to them. In chapter 3, he goes into husbands and wives, and he says, wives, submit to your husbands, and then husbands, in the same way, you have to love your wives. Mutual submission, submitting to one another. And see, it's not just Peter in this one example that talks about submission, but Paul also talks about submission. It's part of a, a part of Ephesians that a lot of us don't really like. Uh, it's Ephesians chapter 5, specifically in the area of household codes, and it's called the household codes. In Ephesians 5, Paul talks about submission. Before he gets to the sections on wives and husbands and everything, he actually says in chapter 5, verse 21, he says, So submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There it is again. Mutual submission. Submitting to one another. This idea of submission. See, the word for submit means literally to put the other as higher than you. So to submit means to say, uh, you're above me. I, I submit to you. I put you as higher on the totem pole. I put your ideas, your opinions as first over mine. So if you're submitting to the ways of another, you're submitting that they are an authority over you. It means to give them the authority over you and over your life. But why is it so important? If we know what submission is, why is it so important for us to submit? 
See, Peter says uh, we are called as Christians to submit. That he says, uh, as Christians, it is your job to submit. But why? If you flip back to Matthew chapter 8, uh, verses 18 to 22, you might be familiar with this story. But this story, uh, we have Jesus walking along the road, and we have a scribe and a disciple. And they come up to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, um, we love what you guys are doing. We want in. We want to join you. Uh, we want to be part of your group. Uh, we want to be on the in crowd. Uh, you know, and if you're familiar with the story, you know Jesus goes, woo, awesome, this is going to be so great, like more friends, we're going to have so many slumber parties, we'll have s'mores every night, Tim makes lattes in the morning, and we're going to go to Ibiza later. No, he doesn't say any of that. Jesus doesn't say any of that. These people say, we want to join you, we want to be part of what you guys are doing, and instead of getting excited and saying, yes, more followers, Jesus actually literally says to these people, he says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He has no place to sleep. To the other one, he says, uh, the other one says, hey, Jesus, uh, I want to come with you, but first, uh, my dad's dying, so I have to go bury my dad, and, and I'm just going to stay with him till he dies. I'm going to do all that stuff, and then can I come with you? And Jesus literally says, let the dead bury their own dead, but you come follow me. Right? His father is literally dying, and Jesus says, that's not where you have to be. You have to come follow me. To both people, Jesus is saying the exact same thing here. He's giving them the exact same message. Jesus is saying that the cost of following me is so high. The cost of following me is really, really, really high, and it's going to cost you a lot to follow me. So consider the cost before you follow me. When you follow me, I'm going to tell you to sacrifice, and you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. So consider what you might have to sacrifice before you even do this. Jesus is saying here, he's saying your ideas, your wants, your wills, your, your, your plans, your purposes, all of that is secondary to what his will is. All of that is nice and great, except for it's not what his will is, so it's not really the most important thing his will is. He's saying, if you want to come follow me, you have to be prepared to sacrifice all those things, your ideas, your ways, your wants, your desires. You have to be prepared to give all of that up and submit it all over to Jesus and submit to doing the things that he wants you to. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, you might have heard the name Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, in one of his books about discipleship, uh, it's called The Cost of Discipleship, he starts out the book, and what he says in the beginning of the book, he says, cheap grace is the enemy of our church. We have to fight today for costly grace. See, grace is actually free. Grace is a, is a free gift uh, from, from God because Jesus paid the price for our sins. Jesus paid those things. But he says it's free, but it's not cheap. It's free and it's not cheap. See, this grace will cost you. You will have to sacrifice. You will have to submit. You do have to submit. And see, we need to learn to submit. We're not great at it, and it's not something we do naturally. But Peter here in chapter 2 is telling us that if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a follower, but you're unable to submit to others, if you're unable to submit to Jesus and, and, and other Christians, other people, if you're unable to submit, then you're not really living that Christian life. Because to be Christian is to submit. So, so we've got the what, we've got the why, but so, so how? If, yeah, okay, Luke, we get it. We're supposed to submit. It's important. Uh, how do I submit? How do I learn? Jesus tells us to, Peter tells us to, Paul tells us to, but how do we do it? 
Well, Peter actually gives us a how-to by pointing at the life of Jesus. He says, oh, if you want to know how to submit, here's how. Look what Jesus did and imitate everything that he did. If you want to know how to submit, just copy and follow what he did. See, if we look at Jesus, uh, we look at his example that Peter's talking about there in chapter 2. He says, when he was wronged, he didn't retaliate. He was beaten, he was humiliated, he was tortured, and he didn't retaliate. He, he was mocked, and he was, he was thrown on a cross, and he didn't threaten them. See, submission is not retaliating. Submission is not threatening to get even. Submission is not attacking back. Submission, it's not vowing to pay back evil with more evil. It's not vowing to, to return suffering with more suffering. That's not submission. But in our society, we love that. In our society, we love that idea. The idea of getting someone back uh, or getting even or getting payback is so prevalent in our world, right? Someone steals a promotion from you at work. You're going to get even with them. Get them back. you gotta, you got to get even. you got to give them payback. Or in sports, right? Sports, someone takes a cheap shot. We all know what's going to happen next. That person's getting payback, right? You take a cheap shot, someone's going to give one on behalf of you, right? It's, it's this idea of getting even. We have to. The Old Testament actually had a law in it that says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Basically, if you hurt me, uh, I'm going to get you back in an equal way, in the same, maybe not the exact same way, but a same way or a like way, an equal way. Uh, you know, this seems fair. If you poke out my eye with a stick, you poke out my eye with a stick, uh, fair is fair, I get to poke out one of your eyes with a stick, right? That's just how it is. You know, I lose an eye, you lose an eye. Um, it's a loss that people don't keep escalating payback, though. It's not, it's not a tooth for an eye. Or, or an eye for a tooth. If you poke out one of my eyes, I don't get to cut off your hand in response. Um, you know, you, you, get, you get to get back what's fair. Payback is fair. Uh, you get to get even, but you don't got to take it to the next level. Right? That's why this law is there, so that if, if Ryan pokes out my eye, I don't cut off his hand, and then in response to that, you know, he cuts off my legs, and in response to that, I murder him or, you know, his family or something like that. This law is there, so like, okay, he wronged you. Well, that's fine. You get, you get even. You get payback in a mutual way, in an equal way, and that's what this law was there for. But Jesus actually addresses this law. Jesus actually addresses this exact law. In his great sermon, he says, you have heard it said, and this is this is just a, a side note. You know Jesus is about to flip something on its head when he says, you have heard it said, but, right? It's one of the most famous things that he does. He says, well, you guys know the law as this, but I'm actually going to take it and make it this, right? So he says, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, and this is where it gets good, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other one. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, well, well, give them your cloak as well. See, now that's quite different than an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, isn't it? It's not an eye for an eye. If someone hits you in the face, it says, if someone smacks you on the cheek, it literally says, turn, let it go, and present them a new side. Present them a fresh side. It says, if someone wants to sue you and take your coat, Jesus doesn't say, you know what, go call the best lawyer in town, go, go make sure you get the best law team, sue them into the ground, bury them in lawsuits. No, Jesus says, if someone wants to sue you and take your cloak, well, like, don't resist. Give them your coat as well. Give them both. Let them have both those things. But that's not the way that our culture talks. That's not the way that our culture thinks either. And that's not the way that we probably as humans act. 
See, for us, we're all about the eye for an eye. We love getting even. We almost have to get even. It's inside of us that we have to get even. And see, Peter talks about this. Peter reminds us what Jesus' response to the torture, the beating, the humiliation, the mocking, and then the murder and hanging of him on a cross. Right? Pilate says he found no fault in Jesus. This is an innocent man, Pilate says. He says, this is an innocent man. Why, why do you want to do this to him? An innocent man. Right? And Jesus goes through all of that. And surely, surely that wrongdoing should not go unpunished, right? Surely that should not happen. In our world, we would not let that kind of a wrongdoing go unpunished. We would absolutely make sure there was some kind of payback. Pilate, Pilate would be in huge trouble. Those, those, those Pharisees, the soldiers, the ones that beat him, all of those people, huge trouble. You're all in trouble for doing that. But that's not what Jesus expected, and that's not what Jesus did. See, Paul says, Jesus humbled himself. He humbled himself to the point of death even death upon a cross. That's how far Jesus was willing to submit. Jesus showed us what true submission was. He modeled true submission for us, even to the point of submitting to a cruel, horrible, painful death. That's what true submission was. And as humans, we don't like that. As humans, that makes us uncomfortable. We don't like the unfairness uh, of submitting on a cross like Jesus did. We don't like the unfairness of an innocent man being tortured and beaten and killed. We don't like that. We don't like the idea of an innocent person submitting. But see, this is where, this is where it turns on its head, is that Peter says Jesus wasn't submitting to Pilate. Jesus wasn't submitting to the soldiers. Jesus wasn't submitting to the Pharisees. Jesus was submitting to someone else. So who do we submit to? And said Peter in, in chapter 2 there, Peter says, Jesus submitted, and it says, to the one who judges justly. That's who Jesus was submitting to. Jesus wasn't submitting to Pilate. He was submitting to God. Jesus wasn't submitting to the other Jews that were putting one across. He was submitting to God. He wasn't submitting to the soldiers or to the other people. He was submitting to God. Jesus was submitting to God. And that's so important for us to remember. Right? Uh, there's, there's a phrase that if, if, we have, if we have kids, we've probably heard this phrase a lot. Um, or if you work with kids, uh, you've probably heard it a, fr- a lot. Uh, when, you, when, when you tell a kid to do something or you give a kid a punishment or, or whatever happens, the phrase, that's not fair, comes out. Right? I'm sure we've all heard that. That's not fair. Well, that's not fair. That's, you know, that's not fair. This isn't fair. Uh, but unfortunately, this idea of that's not fair, when we go from kids to adults, that idea of that's not fair doesn't change. Just the way that we say it changes. So we might not say that's not fair, but the sentiment remains the exact same. Instead of saying, well, that's not fair, we say things like, well, this is, this is incorrect, this is not right, that's unjust. Or we say things like, uh, well, we're being treated improperly, or, or we've been disrespected, uh, you know, or perhaps we've simply been hurt. And so when we, our response to something that's, that's not fair is to either get even uh, and strike back in pain, or to go call a lawyer and, and have them do it for us. And the church isn't any better at this, unfortunately. Church isn't any better at this. See, if, we, if we're part of church, if you're part of a church, you'll know that there is bitterness, there is anger, there is slander in churches. There's jealousy in churches. There's backbiting in churches. There is so much gossip in churches. 
We've had people in this very church leave our church and threaten to sue the church because they were so angry over a small decision that was made. Threatening to sue the church because they're angry. See, we're called to submit even when it's not fair. And the reason we can submit is because we're not submitting to those people. We're submitting to God. A while ago, um, my ordination was delayed. Um, my ordination is supposed to be a year of supervision, but it was delayed, and it was pushed back for basically another year because someone made some judgments about my character based off of gossip that they had heard. And so they came to some uh, unfair conclusions based off of gossip. And so my response was wrong, though. My response, I reacted by telling them how wrong they were, how unfair they were being, how incorrect they were, and fighting the whole process, basically like a little kid yelling, that's not fair. It's not fair. See, it was only after I talked with one of my mentors that I realized I needed to submit in this. I, I wasn't submitting to them and saying that their idea was right or that what they was doing was okay. Uh, I wasn't saying that what they were doing was fair. Uh, it wasn't and it isn't, but I needed to submit because I'm called to submit to God. See, it wasn't fair for Jesus to die a death on the cross for my sins. He didn't do anything wrong, yet he was hung and murdered for me. But just Jesus submitted to God in that. And so I need to learn to submit too. And you need to learn to submit too. See, we love to cry. That's not fair when, it, when it's us getting screwed over or us being treated unjustly. We love to cry. That's not fair. Hold on. That's not fair when it's us getting the short end of the stick. But do we ever do it when it's the other way? When, when we're getting the good thing, do we cry? That's not fair. Perhaps you got a raise this year, and you know that you really didn't go above and beyond. Like, you know that at work, you were kind of, you were just sliding along. Perhaps you slacked off quite a bit at work. You didn't give it 100%. But then when you got that raise, did you cry, that's not fair, and give back your raise and say, no, 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 thank you. I don't want or deserve any more money. This isn't fair. Actually, perhaps I owe you some money. Well, no, we don't do that, do we? When, when you did something really terrible and you didn't get a punishment for it, when you got away with something uh, maybe that you shouldn't have uh, and, and you, you, know, you, you realize you shouldn't have done it, you're not going to do it again, did you cry not fair when you didn't get the full punishment for that? Did you cry not fair when you didn't get your punishment? The greatest gift you've ever gotten was your salvation, and that was earned by Jesus on the cross. And that was a gift that cost Jesus his life in a brutal way. So the next time you're complaining about it not being fair or something happening that's not fair, uh, and you didn't get your way, remember that how they treated Jesus. Remember how Jesus died and was tortured and put on a cross, and look at the way Jesus reacted. Jesus didn't stamp his feet in anger and cry, not fair, as they nailed him to a cross. Jesus didn't cry, not fair, as they tortured him and beat him. Jesus didn't say, you just wait, I'm coming back, and you're all next, when they put him there. No, Jesus said, forgive them. He said, forgive them, God. See, fairness, we're concerned about fairness because we want to get our own way. But in submission, we learn about freedom in saying, God, I'm going to let it be your way. I'm going to let it happen your way. See, when we submit to others, we are really submitting to God. We're not submitting to others so that they can have their way, so that they get a leg up. We're submitting to God. You're submitting to God so that God can use your life, your life to be a witness to maybe that person or maybe another person or maybe just a whole group of people looking at you and saying, like, how does he constantly just humble himself like that? Or how does she constantly put everyone else first? 
When we submit to God, we allow God complete control of our life. We allow God to have the final say. He reminds us that it's not about us getting our way. It's about God getting His way. That's how it always has to be. Jesus submitted to a terrible death, and out of that, we got salvation. And if you submit to God, and if I submit to God, if we submit to God and let God's plans happen, then God can work through us to change the world. If we stop trying to get our way so desperately, God can have His way. In submission, we learn freedom. We learn the difference between what a real cause is that we genuinely have to fight for, something that God is telling us to go and and work against that, and we learn the difference between that and our own stubborn, selfish desires because we simply want things our way. Submission is a really tough word. We don't like it. We fight it. We ignore it. We don't want it. We think it's negative. But when we see that Jesus talked about submission, when we see that Jesus modeled ultimate and perfect submission, and we are called to live and imitate and copy that, it's pretty hard to ignore the fact that we are called to submit. As Christians, we're called to be ambassadors for Christ. Our theme this year is we are sent as witnesses. In our verses, 2 Corinthians 5.20, and so you are sent as ambassadors on behalf of Christ. And so if we're ambassadors or if we want to be ambassadors, we have to submit. The very nature of what an ambassador is means they're submitting. See, an ambassador for Canada doesn't go to to England and bring their own message. An ambassador doesn't go and talk about all the things they want to do and all the plans that they have. An ambassador goes and brings Trudeau's message. An ambassador is, is there in England representing the interests of someone else. An ambassador is not bringing their plans, but they bring the plans of the person they represent. And so if we're ambassadors for Jesus and we don't bring our will, we bring His will, the one of the person we represent. See, we can't claim to be ambassadors, but at the same time really want to be the president because we're not going to be doing a good job if we do that. It doesn't work like that. See, we submit to God. We allow God to work through us. So what's more important for you? Is it more important that you get your way, or is it more important that God gets His way? Try submitting to someone else this week. If you're stuck at home with your husband or your wife, try submitting. Try letting them, let, them, let them get their way in something that you really don't want. You know, husbands, maybe it's as simple as watching that really girly movie we've been putting off. Submit to that. Let it happen. See if it's really as awful as you think. Right? Try submitting to someone else this week. See if submission is really as bad as you've worked it up in your mind. And if it's hard for you to do good, that means you need to work on it more. So try submitting to someone else this week. And then once you've done that, spend a few minutes thanking Jesus because his submission on the cross earned the salvation that we get for free. And that's pretty amazing for us. Let's pray and then we'll transition to a little bit of worship. (laughs) 